Welcome to the Athlete and the Average Joe, an Eclipse Fuel podcast. I'm Georgia, performance dietitian and athlete. And I'm Ryan, primary school teacher and regular guy. We're here to make healthy and fulfilling living more attainable with handy hints that are realistic and sustainable. That even I can implement. We're all about good vibes here, so drop five stars, subscribe, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Athlete and the Average Joe. It's just me here today, but I've got a very special guest, uh, Steph Krasinski. Welcome. Hi, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me. So Steph and I go way back. We played softball together um, back in like 2009, I reckon was the first time, time, a long time ago. Um, So it has a 10-year celebration anniversary. We thought we'd go on a podcast. (laughs) Um, So today we're just chatting all things, I guess, athlete careers, but also juggling real life. So we have probably similar experiences as we were chatting before the microphones went on. Um, so hopefully Steph can give an insight into what it's like to play college softball, which is very cool. Uh, and also how to sort of chase a bit of like a unique, unique degree and unique experience <laughs> when you come back to little old Adelaide. So to start with all our interviews, we um, do icebreaker questions. So these are just sort of fast five. So oh first gosh. thing that comes to your head. Oh God, okay. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite Disney movie and why? Mulan. I don't know. I like she's, that too. I love it. Cause she's like. Badass. Yeah, like, um, yeah. She's cool. I'm pretty sure that was my answer when we did that. Like, I don't even know first... if it's Disney, actually. I think it is. Oh. Yeah. It's, um, I agree. <laughs> she's, she's super yeah. cool. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Nice. We don't need a reason to that. <laughs> That's the right reason. Um, do you have a bucket list travel destination that you are desperately wanting uh... to go to? No, but I have never been anywhere Southeast Asia, so that's probably the yeah, next cool. place I want to go. Yeah, you've done a lot of Europe. In America. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, anyone in particular or? No. No. Just Someone hop over the, there and maybe weather. spend like six to eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and if you could have one superpower, what would it be? As a little kid, I always wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as I've gotten older, there's probably more complex things I could probably dream up. Make the most you of know, that wish. <laughs> such as like mind reading and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be but cool. But I don't know, as a kid, I always just wanted to be able to fly. Yeah. Well, now you fly everywhere. So yeah, literally. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know because I remember a long time ago, this was back where like iPhones were a new thing. Steph oh, no. used to quite like her phone. <laughs> I don't know how this very strong memory. So this question, would you rather be without internet, so that's including on your phone, or without just your phone for a week? Without internet mm. or without just my phone? Mm. Just my phone, I think, yeah. actually. So you could internet. still get internet like on laptops and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Just yeah. your phone. Just my okay. phone. Good answer. Mm. All right, so we'll jump into, I guess, getting to know you a bit better. So like I said, Steph and I started playing soft with each other, against each other probably first, um, <laughs> and then together. So you were very young when we sort of started playing state. So how old were you in that state team? You just qualified, I remember. I reckon I was 12 and I turned 13 on the trip. Yeah, so we were in an under-16 state team. So that was pretty, like, pinnacle, I guess, for the, the state mm. process and pathways. Um, so what made you start playing softball so young? Because you were... I don't know. Really young? (laughs) Yeah, I was really young. I guess 
I think I was eight, and mm. I actually remember the association because I played out in CDSA. Uh, they had like an age limit where you had to be eight years old to play, but I was actually seven, so and I really wanted to play, so yeah. I had to pass like a basically a coordination test to be able to play <laughs> <My> <laughs> to God, see Lilo. if I was coordinated enough. <laughs> Lilo's this is every episode. We try and like lock her away, but she I think she's calmed down now. She's being a bit of a psycho yeah. in the back. But um, and then when you came down to the Adelaide competition, so I guess for people listening, um, you were up in a bit of like a northern competition, so you came yeah. down to the local one. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take for you to start playing A grade? <laughs> <laughs> probably again the minimum age i yeah, think it was yeah nice yeah so i guess i that passion for softball stayed because you've kept doing it for a very long time mm-hmm. um is there anything in particular that keeps you playing because it's really hard to prioritize something that's not mm. like normal mm. i think i'm just a really competitive person in literally all aspects of my life um so definitely i love the competition and then i don't know i just like the idea of something that you can work at and you can improve on as well yeah so. yeah nice. but I also obviously love the game it's a tough game definitely mm. a tough game and I think um for those people that have played it probably understand that it's probably 90% mental oh, yes <laughs> 98% <laughs> mental so how do you juggle I guess staying focused um and overcoming some of those challenges within the game like if it's not going well or you've had a, a bad tournament how do you go about recovering from that um, I think I, it's always really important to keep in mind the big picture and you kind of, whenever I'm particularly struggling, I always look at the big picture and then assess what that, what that is. And then I bring it in smaller and smaller until I can actually control the adjustables and know that if there are some small things I can, uh, work on and I can actually see how they relate to the bigger picture mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good approach. I think, especially as athletes, it can be really hard to see that bigger picture yeah. um, and see what's actually happening around you. So, And I think that's really relatable to just life as well. When things mm-hmm. start going wrong, it can be hard to focus on, okay, you're still on the right path. It's just, you know, maybe a few hiccups yeah. along, the pa- along the way. Um, so Steph went on to play college softball. So that was that a dream from a young age or did that just sort of come about because you were just so good at it? um probably a little bit of both where I was really lucky where I did have all these awesome opportunities but then I think as soon as I was you know probably 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. and I realized there was a potential to play college softball like I just always assumed that that was what's going to happen I never even gave it a thought to not play like that was always what was going to happen um but yeah I was really lucky to have that opportunity yeah in terms of your achievements leading into that what can you list them for me (laughs) (laughs) the really awkward like i'm really good at stuff um Um, so basically i was on like all the state teams as i was growing up like literally all at the same time Mm -hmm. um and then i made uh, i think i was always on the australian under 19 squad pathway whatever they had at the time and i went away to an under 19 world championships in the middle of year 12 Um, but that was probably the pinnacle of my junior career and then straight out of high school like I literally graduated in December I went to college in January oh my gosh that's yeah that's nuts (laughs) I remember it being a big change and you sort of you didn't play did you play that state tournament and then you went like straight from that I remember that actually it was a very quick turnaround I went straight from Sydney yeah and so Mm. I guess that college experience would have had lots of different highs and lows and things go wrong and things go right. Oh, so yes. um, how did that, I guess, what did that look like? If you could sum it up in terms of like a bit of a journey, you know, from that first year to the fourth year, what did it look like for you? 
Oh, all I can think of is like the old line with all the squiggle wheels yeah. everywhere, <laughs> up ways, down ways, sideways, backwards, and then yeah. you end up at some other point on the other side. But yeah, there were so many highs and lows. And I mean, I wouldn't, obviously I wouldn't trade any of it, mm-hmm. but I've become the person who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't trade a moment of it, but mm. there was some very difficult times through yeah. those, those four years. Because I know you suffered with some injuries. Was that during that time as well? Yeah. I mean, any athlete's going to have yeah. some sort of injury at some yeah. point. I relative, I got through college relatively okay without any major injuries, a mm-hmm. few little ones here and there, but yeah. And yeah. your role in the team, did that change very much from the first every year. year? Yeah, every year. <laughs> every year yeah. I had a different role, I think. Yeah. yeah, so how did you approach that mentally in terms of having to adjust? Um, it's definitely something where I really struggled at some points with. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of my career, um, I was able to sort of know that, hey, I just have to take whatever role I'm given and mm-hmm. just make the best of it whatever role that may be yeah so I think many people who think about college sport obviously their experiences are they probably hear about the very successful athletes yeah um and there's only one or two maybe in a team so I guess being probably you know maybe more of just yet everyday college athletes which is huge anyway (laughs) um did did you feel like you know maybe being in and out of the team or that uncertainty was that a bit of a challenge as well as academic work yeah well it was it was funny actually I was able to because I was there also you know I was a university student yeah whenever I was really struggling on the field I had the luxury I guess of being able to say hey I'm also here for my university I'm going to make sure I make the most of this opportunity Mm -hmm. and I was able to really focus on study so there were points in my career where soccer was my main focus and then there were points in my career where I was able to really utilize that time to study really well yeah and I think that's probably one of the benefits for female athletes is a lot of us do have to juggle Mm. either study or work and it's you know when one thing's not going right you have that fallback you still have another opportunity to do something at least half decent when it feels like it's a big challenge and I think that definitely kept me sane Mm. every now and then there were some points in college which my performance um on the field wasn't ideal but I was really able to hone in on my on my sorry on my school work yeah Um, and what did you end up studying over there so my undergraduate degree is a bachelor of nutritional science and toxicology yeah that's what it says on my paper (laughs) (laughs) and that's very i guess very specialist and was it i mean was it a popular course over there um not really so most undergrad degrees at the school that i went to anyway were pretty much like 80 percent of them were all arts degrees Mm -hmm. all bachelor of arts I actually kind of wanted to do an integrated biology degree, yeah. but the integrated biology degree would have given me an arts degree. Yeah. Um, but if oh, I, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense, right? So then I literally chose the Nutrisci and Toxicology yeah. degree because I got a BS rather than a yeah. BA, and I knew that coming back to Australia, um, a BS would be weighted more than a BA, whereas yeah. in the US, it's they the don't around. care. They don't care. They okay. don't care whatsoever. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so I literally chose it, and the difference was I think I had to do two extra upper division elective courses in my major. Yeah. Like, it was basically the same course plan. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, we forgot to mention that Steph went to Berkeley, is that right? Yep. Yeah. UCLA Berkeley University of California <laughs> University of California okay. Berkeley there's like eight or nine UCs so University yeah. of California the big one that everyone hears about is UCLA which is University of yeah. California Los Angeles okay and then I went to UC Berkeley and then there's other things like UC San Diego UC yeah. Santa Barbara yeah Oh gosh, it's I find like the college system so confusing. Mm. Just so even like the sports and the Pac twelve and, yeah. and all that stuff. So 
the Berkeley, the, the team you were playing for, was mm-hmm. that in the Pac-12, yep. like that first division? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And was that something that you wanted to prioritize getting into? Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to go to a Division One school. Yeah. And Cal, uh, UC Berkeley, Berkeley, we are also known yeah. as Cal. Yeah. <laughs> um, are probably one of the most unique schools because we had really, really top-notch athletics, but we were also considered one of the best academic schools yeah. in the country as well. Yeah. So it was a really easy decision for me because I could go to a really good softball yeah. and a really good academic school, whereas a lot of the really good athletic schools the academics probably aren't as strong. Mm -hmm. And then some of the schools like your Harvards and your Yales and the Ivy League, the uh, the athletics isn't as strong. Yeah. Steph's um, did quite well in school here in SA. You got a merit award for research project, was it? Oh, I've done my research. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I just remember being really, really smart. So um, I guess that's important that you've managed to be able to follow that kind of academic pathway. I know that's always a challenge is finding that balance between the two. Um, while we're on college, because I know people are always interested about that lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, maybe because you were at a more academic school, did that dictate any sort of partying lifestyle? Oh. Or was that like <laughs> as an athlete and someone actually wanted to do well at school? Um, yeah. So the way that softball as a sport works in college, uh, you've got your two semesters, your fall semester and your spring semester. Mm-hmm. The fall semester is from August to December. The spring semester is January through March, April, whatever yeah. month that is. Um, and we play all of our games all in that spring semester. Yeah. So that fall semester is that opportunity for people to want to go out and party and yeah. do things like that. But you're also at tr- you're also training Monday through Friday every single day <laughs> of the week, and you've got classes every single day yeah. of the week. Um, so there is that flexibility where yes, in the fall semester you get time to go to football game days, you yeah. get time to go to frat parties and things like that. Um, but once spring hits, it's game on. And yeah focus you're playing softball every single weekend Jeez, that's really full on and traveling quite a bit yeah yeah so what in terms of where's the furthest you had to go um well my freshman sophomore and junior year every year we went to hawaii so cool my senior year we went to puerto rico that's a bit random why well we go to hawaii every year because um there's some people from the school who I think they're donors, so yeah. we go out to visit them every year and we yeah. play a tournament. And then the Puerto Rico trip, one of the um, really long-serving coaches at my school, at mm-hmm. the softball, was also really instrumental in setting up Puerto Rico softball. Yeah. And they actually have a, a field and a tournament named oh, after that's her. that's really cool. Yeah, so we went there kind of to commemorate her. Mm. That's really cool. I mean, that's the bonus for sometimes with our sport is that we do mm. get to travel a lot with it. Um, and I'm sure you didn't get to enjoy fully those places no. as you would if you just went there for a holiday, but you get to see yeah. it at least. Uh, in terms of, I guess, like a week, saying that that period that was really busy for you, yep. what did a normal week look like with softball? So NCAA study? rules, NCAA is like the governing yep. board of athletics in college. Um, in When you're in season, you have to have one day off. Yeah. Um, so Mondays were our days off yep. in the spring semester. And so a lot of us would load up all of our classes. Like typically in the spring semester, I had two labs. Like I'd have an organic chemistry lab from nine to 12 and then I'd have a bio lab from one to five. Jeez every Monday with like with some lectures in and around there as well uh so Mondays we would have off no softball so we all studied and used that day to catch Mm up um usually we would do like Tuesday Wednesday Thursday we would have 6 a.m like strength conditioning running whatever so a couple hours 6 Mm -hmm. to 8 a.m Tuesday Wednesday Thursday uh, and then we'd have class probably from nine to one. So all of our lectures we'd schedule between nine and one, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and then we'd have practice from two to about six, yep. Tuesday, those three days. 
Um, and then Thursday afternoon, we would get on a plane and we would fly somewhere and we would play one or two games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we would fly back Sunday night. We'd probably get in at like 1am or something stupid. And then Monday morning, I'd get up and go to chem lab. Oh my God. <laughs> and that was that every week, awful. basically in the spring. You definitely have to love what you're doing to be able to do that week in, mm. week out for three or four months. So yeah. kudos to you and all those college athletes yeah. who are doing that week in and week out. Wow. Um, so when you came back to Adelaide, I mean, I know you were traveling for a bit. Um, what, I guess, what sort of plans or aspirations did you have once that was all done? Um, I think I knew I wasn't done playing softball. Mm-hmm. Um, when I actually, so I graduated in December of 2017, but I finished playing softball in May of 2017. So I got to go back to university for one semester just as a regular athlete, sorry, mm-hmm. regular student. I yeah. didn't have to play softball. And I was very over softball. I hated it basically yeah. when I had finished in that May time, but then having those six months off to kind of reflect and I had the opportunity to coach some young girls and give back to the sport yeah. kind of made me fall in love with the sport again which was really good. I needed that. Um, and then, so when I came home in that December, January period, I played on our state team. Um, and then I said, I just, I love softball again. I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> so I spent a few months, um, back and forth between Australia and New Zealand playing yeah. in New Zealand. And there was a few tournaments around the country in Australia that I was playing in. Uh, and then at the end of March, I got on a plane to Holland. So I played in the Dutch season, which mm-hmm. is a really good competition over there. Um, and then, so I was there March, April, May, then I went back to the U S to play May, June, July, August, and then went back to Holland to play August, September, October, (laughs) and then came back to Australia Mm. at the end of October. Yeah. So I guess that pathway was to set you up back into the Australian teams. Is that Mm -hmm. right? To get back into their scope or? Yeah, more or less. Cause I guess when I was in the U S, um, some, some athletes do it. They stay on the Australian team radar, but I guess I'd kind of slipped off. Mm. Uh, while I was over there, which was probably like, I probably wasn't in the right headspace to play with the Australian team then anyway. Um, but yeah, coming back and I was, I'd kind of regrouped. I had a lot more motivation and purpose after taking that time off. Um, yeah. So I was getting myself set, ready to give everything I can to the Australian team. And that's what I went to the U S to play with. Last yeah. Year. Yeah. Did you, so you went, cause, um, I guess what's confusing for some people, there is a pro um, I guess league mm. for softball in America, not in Australia. So right. the girls, a lot of them will try and go over there and play. But last year they, they developed, was it a partnership with one of the teams uh, or they just sort we of were, we kind of were the team. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the, pretty much predominantly the Australian team went over there or people in, in that sort of scope went and played, which was a good opportunity mm-hmm. for them to keep developing and, and then I guess make them competitive when it came to say those world championships and now the Olympics next year, isn't it? Oh my God, that's coming. Yeah. Fast. Um, <laughs> So in terms of, I guess, juggling that, and now you're going back in Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> back over to America to play, yeah. um, you know, is that still an aspiration to, to get into that Olympic team? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, growing up as a kid, it's always your dream. Well, it was always my dream anyway, yeah. to play on the Australian team and go to the Olympics. And, you know, we've had um, a few years out of the Olympic cycle. So the last year was in 2008. Um, so having that opportunity to be one of the, really only 
Australian Olympic softball players because we've only had three teams in it beforehand mm. next year would just be absolutely incredible yeah yeah and I think that's a good thing to to have there as like a long-term term goal there's not many mm. people that can say they've no. either been to the Olympics <laughs> or were close to getting into the Olympics yeah. as well so even if you don't end up making it or it doesn't go ahead like we were talking about before you've actually the yeah. team has to qualify still so there's yeah. still that hurdle so if it doesn't come to fruition I feel like you know, that's at least you've you've made a worthwhile goals and steps. But um, like we talked about earlier, we're lucky that we have this backup career. I yeah. love that our actual careers <laughs> are our backup careers in terms yeah. of, of a sporting life. So what what's going on there, I guess, with that, you know, now finish your degree and, and working here in Adelaide? Yeah, so when I came home at the end of last year, I kind of had that point where I sort of thought, what do I do with my life? Like, mm. I'm, you know, I can't just keep traveling the globe doing whatever. I mean, you could, but. Well, yeah, I could. <laughs> but unfortunately, then when I come home, I feel like I have absolutely nothing here. Yeah. And it makes me not want to stay home, which my mum doesn't like <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so I um, was really troubled. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I thought the logical step for me was to do an honours degree, a one-year mm. honours degree, and commit to staying home in Australia for just one year. Um, I thought that would be fine, uh, but honours degrees turn out to be a lot tougher than you probably <laughs> than the average Joe probably thinks they are. <laughs> and um, I was ba- balancing a rehab uh, with an injury and then coming back from an injury and trying to work part-time, and it was – like I wasn't giving a hundred percent to softball and mm. that was my priority at the time. Um, so I've had to, I've kind of put that on hold where I have the option to come back after this Olympic cycle and pick that back up. Uh, but right now I'm just working, um, well, I'm playing training softball pretty much every day, three yeah. to four hours a day. Um, but I also work casually in a field that I absolutely love and mm. I'm totally interested in, um, which is similar sort of health and fitness industry. And I think that'll probably be an industry that I continue to carry on with. Uh, yeah. And keep going. And I feel like a lot of people who, who are athletes, it's just like a natural path is to stay connected to yep. either health and wellness or whether it is going back into performance based mm-hmm. sort of industries where I feel like it's a kind of natural pathway because it's, you know, yeah. been your passion for what, like 20 yeah, odd exactly. years. It's pretty hard yeah. just to, to cut it out. So, I mean, in terms of, of what we've covered so far, I feel like you've given enough insight into some of the challenges that come with being <laughs> um, a semi-professional athlete. And that's the hardest thing is that mm. as females, we don't really have the opportunity for no. it to be our whole career. Um, so I guess if you had to maybe change anything, maybe it's what you studied, um, even maybe some of the goals that you set yourself, is there anything you go back and change and do again? Well... <sighs> I actually get that question a lot and I kind of always say there's nothing I'd really change just because everything I've done has made me who I am today. Mm. And, you know, you change one thing and maybe you didn't meet that particular person. Yeah. It's like that. So there's not really anything I would change. Yeah. Moving forwards, I definitely want to explore probably things that I'm more interested in. So rather than just thinking doing an honours degree was the logical next step because it made sense. Mm. Like, I'm glad I did that because now I know that it's probably not for me. Yeah. Um, and I would have done it at some point in my career anyway. So yeah. So I've, I've had that learning experience. But kind of now I know not to worry about what I think I should do. Yeah. What I think I should – what I think is a logical step or what everyone thinks I should do, just do what you want to do. Yeah. And – as long as I have enough money to have a roof over my head, that's yeah. literally all I need. And I think, yeah, we were, we were talking about this before, just like the the kind of being comfortable with 
being happy no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important thing to learn is that we often will keep doing things just because we think we should be doing them or because mm-hmm. people tell you you should be doing them instead of just being like, what's well, going to actually make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think coming off the end of like your, your career so far, um, I think that's probably a good mindset to be in definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously you've shared lots of pieces of advice for people aspiring to be an athlete <laughs> and, and juggling career. But if there's one thing you would say, what, what do you think would be for maybe some young girls? I mean, you do coach a lot of young girls at the moment who want to be mm-hmm. pitchers. That's obviously we've, we've got to cover that, but Steph is a pitcher. So <laughs> um, pretty important job in any softball team. Um, but, you know, if there's any advice you could give to, I guess, an aspiring just softball player or, or athlete in general, but also wants to do well career-wise, what do you think would be like a hot bit of advice? Hmm, I think something that's always really resonated with me since I was that like 12 year old who mm. made my first ever state team um, was just the key word of dream. Mm. Just if you can dream it, you can pretty well do it. Yeah. Like just set yourself to it and like we're pretty incredible people. Yeah. Like, you can figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that a lot more now, like the female sports getting a lot more exposure Girls are seeing pathways. They're actually visually seeing these these athletes in front of them. So it's it's really rewarding to be able to actually see. I guess you girls going over there and playing in that Australian team. I watched um, some of the Instagram footage of like mm. you've got crowds watching you. You've got people supporting you and and young girls who are aspiring to be like you. So that, that's mm-hmm. such a you know if you do nothing else in in your yeah. career, you've achieved a lot so far. So um, I think that's a really good place to sort of finish our chat today. But we do like to finish oh, on oh, no. a weekly vice. So being oh, an adult we've got things that get us through the week some of them might not be great for our health some of them might um (laughs) is there anything that you fall back on that gets you through the week um i don't know other than coffee that's probably (laughs) i think that's everybody's weekly adult yeah okay so i'll go first so my weekly advice this week um would have to be T2 does this thing, tummy tea. It's really good for digestion if you're feeling a bit like flat. Um, And it's just really nice. It's quite sweet. So I think Mm -hmm. it's got licorice root in it. And so some naughty things I've been having lately are like (laughs) Milo and uh, chocolate quite a bit. So it's been nice to have a bit of a lighter alternative. So that's been kind Mm -hmm. of getting me through this very cold weather. Mm. Well, I think mm, getting me through the week is just making sure I have me time, whatever Mm. shape or form that is. My most recent bit of me time that I absolutely love and recommend to anybody (laughs) is Pilates. Oh, nice. And I absolutely love it. And it's like I look forward to it even if it's at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, because I actually do find that Pilates are always at really weird times that I don't want to be doing Pilates. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I've looked at my local gym, it's been like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, one, I'm going to be asleep at probably both of those times <laughs> because I go to bed at like eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, well, that's great for your glutes and your oh, core. So essential everything. for all athletes. Yeah. Um, and it's a form of resistance training. So I think that's a very good recommendation. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Steph and I haven't caught up in a very long time. So it was nice for her to actually jump on the podcast and we got to catch up on some old conversations and just catch up in general. So that was really nice. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for providing some inspiration for some young female athletes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks to you guys and we'll chat to you next time.